Hallelujah. Just love on the Lord for a few more seconds. Tell him how good he's been to you. Tell him you're so thankful to have his breath in your lungs. Remind him of that time that he healed you, that he set you free, that he brought you out of darkness. Let him know, thank you, God. If it had not been for you on my side, God, I don't know where I would have been. If it had not been for you, God, I don't know where my family would be. Just let him know. Let him know this morning. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, are you thankful for his presence? Are you thankful for his presence? Grab the hand of the person next to you. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our hearts to receive everything. There's more. There's more. Tell your neighbor there's more for us today. Father, we come before you right now and we declare your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father. We've been singing about heaven and your kingdom coming, Father, and it's all around us here. And so I declare in this room, healing in the name of Jesus, revelation in the name of Jesus. Open up our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive everything you have for us, Father. Everything you have, Father. I thank you for a new revelation that's going to happen today, Father. I thank you for the souls that are going to be surrendered to you, Father. I thank you for the lives that are going to be surrendered to you today, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the miracle are in this room right now, the testimonies that are here, Father. We thank you, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to receive your word, everything that you have for us. If you believe that, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give him praise. Love on somebody as you return to your seat. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful to be here. Are you thankful for this team that plows the ground every week? We honor you, team. We honor you. Hallelujah. Ooh. Hallelujah. Stay in this atmosphere, family. Stay in this atmosphere. Good morning. My name is Olga Becker. I'm a pastor here at Impact Church. I welcome you. I welcome you. And we're going to have a great conversation this morning. We're going to dig into God's Word and what He has for us this morning. I just want to give honor to our pastor, Pastor Jamin Becker. Where do you go? There he is back there. Thank you for sharing your pulpit with me. God bless you. I love you. God is good to us and our family. I just want to take a moment also to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who serves at Impact Church. Thank you to all the teachers who are across the hall ministering to the next generation. Everybody who greets, who serves, who's behind a camera, a sound, um, what do you call it? Sound system, a sound booth, a, a computer, everybody who serves. People come in early to set up the chairs to make sure they look good for you. Um, thank you. Thank you to everybody who, who serves. And we're going to jump into this message. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things. We're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We're going to be talking about kingdom culture this morning. Actually, this afternoon, I think. Almost. No, not yet. Praise God. We're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? You know, you hear this. We've preached on it. You know, Impact Church, we try to create kingdom culture. We live by kingdom culture here. Um, we, 
we love, this is what Jesus talked about. If you read the Gospels, and I encourage you to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read the Gospel. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God over and over again. I think it says, um, I read somewhere that he talks about it 122 times just in the first three Gospels alone, constantly mentioning it and talking about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is who we are. When we come to know Christ, we enter in the kingdom of God, right? We leave our old ways behind and we enter new and we're born again. And so, talking about the kingdom of God today. Jesus spent so much of his time teaching about the kingdom of God, and it is essential that we as believers, as children of God, we understand who we are in the kingdom of God, we understand how to live in the kingdom of God, and that we carry the message of the kingdom of God. Amen? So what is the kingdom of God? And the easiest way to explain what is the kingdom of God, if you had to explain it to somebody in simplest forms, the kingdom of God is God's reign. It's his reign. It's his reign. He's lordship. It's his reign here on earth and in heaven. It's God's reign. It's God's reign and rule on earth and heaven. It's God's governing influence. It's his will. It's his purpose. It's his intent for us as the children of God. A kingdom, typically, a kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory. Now, us here in America, we don't have a point of reference. If you were born in a different country where there's a king, where there's a, um, a king or a queen, you know, that kind of governing system in place, you can kind of relate to what that's like. In America, we live in a, in a country where we're, it's a democracy. We, we vote in, we vote out, the people speak, right? We have representatives. So sometimes it's hard as Americans to relate to this kingdom mindset. Um, in a kingdom, the governing influence of a king, is he governs over his territory. Now, if you watch movies, Pastor Jamin loves watching, like, historic, like, Braveheart, you know, old, you know, fighting knights and all that stuff, and we, we, we watch that sometimes. And, and so what's always happening in the kingdoms, they're fighting when there's one kingdom versus another king. They're fighting for territory, right? Land, um, power. And so, um, in a kingdom, the governing influence of a king over his territory, and he impacts it with his purpose. Um, he, he impacts it with his mind, what he wants to do right, whatever the king says, the king that goes. Um, and that's what we talk about in, in the kingdom of God. It's God's it's land, his purpose, his will, his intent. When we talk about advancing the kingdom of God, we're advancing, we're moving in on, on territory that uh, we have power over, over the enemy, Right? That's why Jesus teaches us to pray that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 says that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he just teaches us to pray this way. You're able to pray this way. When you pray for healing, when you pray for your house, when you pray for a job, a position, when you're praying for people, when you're praying for souls, you should pray. Jesus teaches pray on earth as it is in heaven. That means that in heaven there's no diseases. So on earth, I'm declaring there's no diseases. In heaven, there's no suffering. So on earth, I'm declaring that. You have the power and the authority to pray that way. Jesus taught us to pray that way. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Now I'm going tell you what, what the kingdom of God isn't. It's not religion. The kingdom of God is not religion. Now, religion is usually like a system or a list of things of do's and don'ts, things that we should and shouldn't do. The kingdom of God is not religion. It's like I said, it's not a democracy. It's not a bunch of people trying to influence and sway one way or another. What the king says what the, is, it, is what goes. What the king's 
word says that's what goes. The kingdom. And it's, and it's not a, a, a republic. There's no president that gets voted in and out. There's no, there's no president. It's not a republic. Our king, he can't be voted in and out. Our king doesn't have term limits. Our king doesn't just, when the people want to vote him out or kick him out, that's not how it works. In the kingdom of God, he's our king. Kingdom produces a culture, a lifestyle. This is how we do things. In Impact Church, we have a culture, and you can read it on a lot of the back of our shirts. Um, it says, um, unashamed worship, because that's the culture of Impact Church, right? And yeah, that's how we worship, unashamed, without hindrance, without um, reservation, unapologetic truth. In this church, we preach unapologetic truth. We don't sugarcoat. We don't change scripture. We preach the truth. And another thing of our culture is uncommon love. How many of you experience the love of people in this, in this house? When you walk in, when you need it the most, that's part of the Impact Church culture. That's what we decided, you know, we, and through prayer and through um, starting this ministry, we're, that's how we want the culture of Impact Church to be. Same thing in Kingdom. There's a culture, how you do things, the norm, how things are run. And when I say, like, it's not about religion, it's Kingdom produces a culture. And this is the difference, just kind of to explain we're supposed to love one another in the kingdom of God. We're supposed to love one another because it's normal, because that's the culture, not because we're told to. And that's the difference between religion and that's the difference between culture, kingdom of God. We love each other because that's normal. That's how we do things here in the kingdom of God. That's how we do things. It's normal, not because we're told. We forgive because it's the culture. It's how we do things. Not because of guilt or because we have to or we're checking off a box. Again, that's religion. We give in the kingdom of God. We give because it's our culture, because we're supposed to reflect God. And God's a giver, right? God's a giver. He's a generous giver. I love that offering message to Mr. Tommy. I was like, amen, amen. I pulled my kids over because we give on our phone. And I said, come here, we're giving away peaches right now. And I was having them help me put the, put the numbers in. And we were giving we reflect our God. He's a giver. He's a hilarious, generous, what kind of giver? He blows our minds. And that's what we're supposed to reflect. If we're still forcing you to give, that's not kingdom. If we're still forcing you to give, tie your hand behind, that's religion. That's no longer kingdom. We're givers. We give. Amen. Now, who, who am I? Who are you in the kingdom of God? Who are we? When we come to know Christ, go back to basics. We come to know Christ. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. We, we, are, we know we are sinners and we're like, we need salvation, right? We become a child of God and we gain citizenship in the kingdom of God. Now, how, how, when we're born in a country, whatever country you were born in, United States, Canada, Mexico, Africa, wherever country you were born in, you automatically become a citizen there, right? It's, it's your citizenship. You're born there that's the country you're born in, you have citizenship. When we are born again, we gain citizenship in the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. We are to be born again because where we were born doesn't matter. Where we were born, how we were raised, our family, our cultures, it doesn't matter. We are born again. We are a new creation in Christ. We gain new citizenship in the kingdom of God. And we become ambassadors. We become ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We become an ambassador. And it's not church membership. That's not what we're talking about. It's citizenship in heaven. It's greater. It's bigger than our church. It's the kingdom of God, right? 
memberships can be revoked. In the kingdom of God, your membership doesn't get revoked. We're not paying dues. We become a citizen of heaven, but we're still here on earth, and I'll get to that. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Look how the, how, how the word of God speaks of you. You are royalty. You are royalty. There's no victim mentality in royalty. There's not living below in ma- We are royalty. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. A holy nation. God's special possession. In a kingdom, everything and everyone in the kingdom belongs to the king. That's how kingdoms work. In the kingdom of heaven, you belong to the heavenly father. You belong to the creator of the universe. You are his special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. When you are born again, you no longer represent your earthly cultures, your old lifestyles. The Bible says you are an ambassador to the earth. And what is an ambassador? An ambassador goes to another country and represents the opinion of his government. An ambassador goes from his country to another country and represents the opinion, what that country stands for. As an ambassador, that that ambassador doesn't have an opinion. He represents the opinion of his country. And in the kingdom of God, we don't get an opinion on things, uh, things of this world. We don't get an opinion. We represent the opinion of the Lord. We represent the opinion of the Bible. What the Bible says about an issue is what the, how it goes. We don't get an opinion. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't get an opinion. If, if God was going to take all of our opinions, I mean, we'd have so many opinions on so many issues, on so many topics. The word of God is the opinion, and that's what we represent. Pastor's always preaching. Sometimes he preaches real hard on some hard issues, and he's like, I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. And it's the truth. It's the truth. We don't get an opinion. It's the truth. It's the word of God, and his way is better. I don't care. His way is better. Amen? John 1.13 says, we are reborn, reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from a human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. This is, sometimes I think, feel like, I'm speaking about myself now, we take for granted the rebirth that we had. I've been saved, my gosh, I don't know, longer than I've been, uh, not 23, 24 years, I don't I'm probably aging myself. I'm, not, I'm really not that old. Um, <laughs> no, really, I am. Um, I've been saved about 24 years, praise the Lord. And sometimes we don't take for, yeah, amen, glory to God. We take for granted like that rebirth that happened when we came to know Christ. And if you're not born again, I just want to tell you, it's a beautiful thing. And you'll have the opportunity today to give your life to Christ and be reborn, be made new. Everything that's happened in your life previous to this, it doesn't matter. God forgives us all, everything we've ever done. It's a beautiful thing to be reborn. We get that. We get that. And that's kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. How do you live in the kingdom of God? This is the fun stuff. How do we live in the kingdom of God? We are to reflect the culture of the king. And we are to manifest the nature of the king. People are supposed to look at us and see Jesus in us. People are supposed to look at how we act, how we treat people, how we live, how we, how we uh, keep our homes, how we raise our kids. We're supposed to reflect the nature of the king, the nature of our king, okay? And how do we do that? How do we do that? You're like, I'm just breaking this down. How do we do that? How do we reflect? 
How do we reflect his nature? By knowing what is priority to God. By knowing. When you work for a company and there's vision, you know what to do, how to do it, how to accomplish what the company wants you to do, what they're paying you for. You have clear vision. In the kingdom of God, we need to know what is God's priority? What is he asking of us? How do we get this done? In Matthew 6, Jesus talks to us about what he, um, what he knew what our priorities would be. So he talks to us about what to be concerned with and what not to be concerned with, right? Matthew 6, 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? God knew that we would be concerned with our daily, where are we going to eat, where are we going to live, where are we going to work, how are we going to make money, what are we going to wear? God knew that would be a concern. And some translation says, do not be anxious. Do not be concerned with those things. And here's why. Verse 31 says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles... Or another translation says, the pagans, they do that. They seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows what, he knows what you need. He already knows what you need. That he needs, but seek first, here it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things, they'll be added to you. They come automatically. All you have to do is seek first the kingdom of God. You're supposed to put him first. Put him in priority. Put him first in your life, in your family, above everything. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all those things that you're worrying about, they will be added on to you. God's priority is to spend the rest of our life while here on earth seeking the kingdom of God. You study it. You pursue it. You try to understand it. You read your word. You seek after it and his righteousness. And you seek his righteousness. Now, how do we seek the kingdom of God? See, we're just breaking this all down, right? How do we seek the kingdom of God? You get to the king. You get to the king because a king is the center of every kingdom, right? He's the ruler. He's a master. What his word says goes. So you get to the king. Like when we play hide and go seek, you know, we, as kids or, I don't know, adults, maybe you guys play it too. When we play hide and go seek, when my husband plays hide and go seek when the kids were little, he would have the best hiding places like they couldn't find him. Sometimes the kids would want to, pay, I'm going I'm to hide with daddy because they wanted to, you know, learn from him. But we play hide and go seek, we're going, and the, what's the prize? The prize is finding people. The, 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 the prize is like, I'm, my son, I was talking, about him, uh, talking to him about this and he was like, nobody wants to be the counter. But when you're the counter... It's like you have this mission, right? You have this like goal in front of you. You're trying to find the people or the person. And that's the same in the kingdom of God. We're seeking, we're finding who is he? What's his face? What does he say? Who is he? Like how, how what do you mean he loves me so much? What do you mean like he died for me? Who is this king? We seek after him. So you want to know how to seek the kingdom of God? Seek, go after the king. Go for the king. Seek him, find him. Who is he? And then you'll know who you are. You'll know who you are in the kingdom of God when you know who he is. And what is his righteousness? What is righteousness? What's this word we always hear about? Righteousness is not a religious word. It's a biblical word. And I pulled up the definition just in Google definition, Webster Dictionary. It says, acting in accord with divine or moral law. Walking in accord. Walking in accord with divine or moral law. To be rightly positioned 
with an authority or government, of government, I should say, to be rightly positioned. Righteousness is not a, a religious word. For example, when you stop at a red light, you're in right position with the law, right? Because we know red means stop, green means go. It's a righteous act. It's simple. You, the red light, you stop. You're being righteous. When you run a red light, when you decide not to follow the law, it is an unrighteous act because you break the law. You're breaking your relationship with the government, and you're coming out of alignment with the governing powers of this land. You break covenant with the government. Same thing when you're serving, when you're in the kingdom of God. We need to stay in alignment. We need to know what his, what his will is for us, and then we need to align our actions, our life, our plan with that. We don't come out of covenant. We don't come out of alignment. So that's his righteousness. So what is seeking, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? It's knowing who God is, getting to the king, knowing what is the laws, the governing intent, will of the Lord, and then staying in alignment with that. It's that easy. And then what does, the, what does verse 33 say? And all these things will be added on to you. All these things will be added on to you. Amen? It seems like a hard thing to do, but it's not. You know why? Because it's surrender. Surrender seems hard, but it's so easy. Like, I'd rather just surrender and be like, here, you take leadership, Lord. You take. You tell me what to do. You know, we've been in leadership uh, Pastor Dave and I, we've been leadership for quite a few years, leading people, uh, leading organizations. Um, I've had, growing up, I had jobs in management. I used to run a, a portrait studio, then I ran a, a tanning salon one time. And it's like, after a while, like being in charge, it's hard. It's not always fun, right? Any managers in the house? Any leaders in the house? It's not always hard. Sometimes I want to be like, can somebody else be in charge? Because, you know, this is, this is tiring. And that's the same thing with the kingdom of God. Like, let him take charge. It's easier that way. It's easier that way. His way is better than our way. His way is right. Our way, sometimes we make mistakes. The Lord doesn't make mistakes. His way is better. Um, we must align ourselves with God's word. when We're seeking his righteousness. He's got you. Just know that. He's got you. He's got you. In the kingdom of God, he's got you. Uh, John 18, 6 says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not in this world, of this world. We are not par part of a physical kingdom. It's a transformation of the heart. And I hope that that makes sense to you guys. It's not an actual something you could see. It's a transformation of the heart and mind. A way of believe, believing and living in preparation for eternity. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, then your citizenship no longer belongs to this world. You're a citizen of heaven. Amen? The kingdom of God refers to God's reign on earth as consequently in our hearts. It's, 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 it's our hearts. It's a transformation. And Luke 17, 20 through 21 says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, this is how Jesus, he's being asked, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, here it is. But then the people can pinpoint and see it. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And so how do we live? How do we live in the kingdom of God? We live good, y'all. In the kingdom of God, we live good. We live good. We're above and not beneath. The, the Bible tells us of all the promises of God, of everything we can obtain, all the authority we have in the kingdom of God. 
in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we don't live in recession. We don't live in, in recession. We don't have to participate in what the, economics is, the economy is doing in, in, in where we live. We don't live in recession. We don't, get to, we don't have to participate. I've heard Pastor Bethel preach this one time in an offering message. He was like, I am participating in that. Like inflation's going up, people are struggling. We don't have to participate in that. We can declare uh, over our finances. We can declare, we're like, you know what? I'm not participating in that. It's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect me. We don't have to live that way. In the kingdom of God, we serve. We serve. That's, that's part of our, our nature. It's our culture. We serve. We give. We love. We, um, we're there for each other. We pray for people. We come, you know, tell people about Jesus. We, we, we're neighborly. We do things out of the kindness of our heart because our heart reflects the Lord. We serve. In the kingdom of God, we serve. We serve people. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, the citizens of the kingdom, we don't fight each other. We don't fight each other. I'm going to say it again. In the, in the kingdom of God, we don't fight each other. We don't fight each other. In the Bible, it talks about, and I don't think I have the scripture reference. Go, let's Google it later. In the kingdom of God, it talks about how his word releases angels to fight on our behalf. Why would he do that with each other? It doesn't make any sense. In the kingdom of God, we do not fight each other. God fights our battles for us. Amen. When it concerns politics, oh my gosh, when it concerns politics in the kingdom of God, we see politics divides the church so much. You know, church people, you know, during election year, my goodness, I, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. People believe one way or another. In the kingdom of God, we don't lean to the right or to the left. In the kingdom of God, we're not going one side or the other. In the kingdom of God, we stand for righteousness. We stand on his word. We stand on what the Bible says. The issues, we stand for goodness and greatness. We stand for righteousness. Amen? Amen? And I, I'm praying that the church or the people of God will really represent in this next election year. Amen. Oh, in the kingdom of God, we don't pay attention to our haters. We don't pay attention to our haters. As a matter of fact, in the kingdom of God, and something that I've learned, the haters become our prayer assignments. People who are hating on you, giving you a hard time, making you look back, talking about you, arguing with you on social media, hating on you when you walk in at work, those become your prayer assignments. Pray for them. Pray for them. Bless them. Right? People who have hurt you, pray for them. It frees your heart. It frees your heart. When you think about what they did or what they said, you're like, mm, nope, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray instead. Pray for your haters. In the kingdom of God, we don't scheme. We don't hate. We don't manipulate. We don't try to weasel our way to places. We don't do that. In the kingdom of God, we don't cheat. Our language is different in the kingdom of God. We talk, we don't, we don't, you got to be careful how you talk, what you proclaim with your mouth. You don't say, uh, you know, we talk to our kids and, and one of our, our daughters, she's diagnosed with asthma when she was little and, and praise the Lord, we always declare that she's healed and sometimes she has a hard time breathing and, and the other day our son, I don't think he's in here, so he's not going to be embarrassed by this, but, um, and he don't watch the live stream, so I'm Okay. <laughs> But no, it's actually not that bad. He said, he was just like making fun of it. And he was like, ah, oh, I got asthma. I got asthma. And I stopped him right there. I said, stop. What did you say? I said, take it back. I said, first of all, you do not have asthma. Second of all, we don't play with that. So it's very important that you teach your kids that you yourself, you 
Watch what comes out of your mouth. Oh, I'm always going to be this way. Oh, you know, I'm always going to suffer. Oh, I'm never going to get ahead. Don't, you don't say that. Say, I'm going to get ahead. I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to have victory. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to have that house that I desire with five bedrooms and two bathrooms because there's six people in my house and we can't just get by with one. Declare that stuff over yourself. Speak that stuff over yourself. It's, it's important. Don't let unwholesome, we, talk, we talked about this at the, at the Wednesday um, Bible study. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. We don't talk that way in the kingdom of God. We don't act a certain way. We don't dress a certain way in the kingdom of God, okay? Something that my kids are always like, they, they get so annoyed. And my, my daughter's friends, sometimes they're like, your mom is so strict because she shares with them the things that I tell them. But it's not, the, it's not so much that I'm strict. It's just like, there's standards in the kingdom of God. We don't act that way. We don't talk like that. We don't talk about people like that in the kingdom of God. You know, we don't dress a certain way in the kingdom of God. And it's not rules. It's not rules or, or religious or trying to be a legalistic. It's a certain standard, how you carry yourself. You are royalty. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. You are a holy nation. A holy nation. Amen? There's certain ways that you walk around. You walk around with your shoulders up, your head up and your shoulders back because you are his possession, his special possession. And I don't care how you were raised or what you were told as a child or what you went through. You are a, his special possession. You are worth so much. You are valuable. Amen. Your life is valuable. You're, don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy put suicidal thoughts saying that, you know what, it doesn't matter. No one's going to care. You have a purpose and your plan for your life. You are valuable in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. There's a system. There's a system. There's protocols. There's keys. Matthew 69 says, if I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, systems, protocols, teachings, the keys, the keys. If I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, like I said in the beginning, that's how we pray. What's in heaven on earth, on earth as in heaven. That's how we live. We need to study. We need to receive. We need to walk in what's yours. Kingdom is power and authority. And you need to understand that. And so I, I implore you, read your Bible. Read everything. Start with the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there and read everything about the kingdom of God and what, and what Jesus was teaching his disciples before he left. For the kingdom of God, this is 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God is not about talking, it's about power. It's about visually seeing the power of God here on earth. In the kingdom of God, we carry kingdom, kingdom's message. How do we do this? How do we carry kingdom's message? Acts 28.31 says, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, all boldness, because in the end, it's his, it's his message. It's not mine. Like Olga, like Olga's message might be a little intimate. I might be saying the wrong things. I, if I'm, if I'm going out of my own will, I don't think I'm strong enough, but it's his message. And so when I have that mentality, I'm speaking God's message, not mine. I can do that. You can speak boldly God's message without hindrings. No stopping us. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's why we proclaim. That's why we share. Because if he's not, he or she is not born again, think of those family members that may not know God. 
if they're not born again, they will not see the kingdom of God. That's harsh. That's what the Bible says. That's what our king says. And so we are to proclaim boldly his message. Because if they don't know, they can come, right? Help people get into the kingdom of God. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. And my last point, and this is something that I'm so, especially lately, I've been so passionate about. How do we fight in the kingdom of God? How do we fight? Jesus won the battle at the cross when he died on the cross, gave his life. He won. And now we're going to read this together. Go to Colossians 2, 11, 15. Thank you, Tiana. When you came to Christ, now if you don't get anything or agree with anything I said, get this. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, cutting away your sinful nature your sinful nature, okay? When you came to know Christ, he cut away your sinful nature. Number one, that, we're winning already, right? For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life. You were buried and then you were raised again. The word says that you were raised again to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13, you were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive in Christ, me, you. For he forgave all of our sins. Verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He disarmed the enemy. He disarmed all the spiritual demonic rulers. He shamed them publicly, publicly by his victory over them on the cross. When you read that, when we read that together, do you read that Jesus won? Did he win? Did he win or did he lose? Did he win or did he lose? He won, right? You talk to some Christians, and some people are like, oh, the devil is defeated. You talk to some Christians, and they're like, oh, I struggle every day. We got to fight the devil. We, we hear all this contradicting, you know, fighting the devil. We got to, the battle is so great. Pray for me. The struggle is real. I'm praying. Um, you know, the, the devil is fighting me this week. Sometimes we don't know who's winning, who's losing. Do I fight? Don't I fight? The confusion comes in. And I, and I hear people say, I got to fight. And we do, there's warfare. But Jesus won the battle. He won the battle at Calvary. His finished work on the cross declared our victory. He did that, he did that for us. We can't increase on the blood. We can't add to the blood. We can't add to the crucifixion. We can't add to the nails. We can't add to the piercing of the, we can't add to any of that. It's already done. We can't add, we can't add increase. So when we say like we're fighting, we gotta be, we gotta be careful how we're fighting. Every one of us is experiencing warfare. The battle is real. I would say the warfare is real. People talk about how the struggle is weird. Change of vocabulary. The warfare, warfare is real, right? The battles are real, real. The struggle is not real, okay? I've had battles this year long. You know, in the beginning of the year, we declared 
This is our goat year, right? How many of you guys declared that in the beginning of the year? And how many of you had some battles this year? And how many of you guys had had some disappointments? And how many of you guys had things that have come against you and you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to survive this, right? The warfare is real. But you got to understand you're not fighting to win. We are not fighting to win. Someone's going to catch this today. We're not fighting to win. In the kingdom, we don't fight to win the battle. The enemy will have you swinging. The enemy will have you tired. He will have you losing sleep, stressing out. I've been there. I've done that. The enemy will have you distracted. For what? For why? Why are we fighting this way? Why? I ask ourselves, ¿por qué? We've already won in the name of Jesus. We already have that. Why? Listen to this. Jesus told us to occupy till he returns, right? Jesus has thoroughly, totally, in every condition and in every way defeated Satan and the forces of darkness. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus has thoroughly, totally, and in every which way and condition defeated Satan and the forces of darkness. It's over, period. So yes, we have warfare. Yes, we have warfare, but we, our warfare is not to win, it's to occupy. Occupy what? The territory that we've already won in the victory. And Everything he purchased on the cross, it's my victory to walk in it, not to win. It's already been won. And I don't know if this is making sense to you, but the, what he's already done on the cross, the victory that he's already have us, the warfare is for us to occupy in that victory, to say that I am walking in the victory. That's the warfare, okay? He's already won. And so when the battles come at you, you have to fight from a place of victory. Like the battle's already won. He's already defeated Satan. Therefore, I've already defeated Satan. Amen? So the warfare is in occupying and walking in that victory. That's where the warfare is. So we're going we're, we're gonna to fight differently, amen? We need to fight differently. God told Moses, I've given you the land. When he came before God and he was, you've read the story, you've watched the movie, he's barefooted, he's before God, and God says, I give you the land. I, I've given you the land. It was already his, but the warfare was, it took 40 years for him to walk in that land. It took 40 years for him to occupy that land. Don't let it take 40 years. Don't let it take 40 years for you to walk in your victory. Don't let it take 40 years for you to realize that you have victory in Jesus. It's a different, it's our different mentality. It's our new way. It's a new way. It's a, we're reborn in this. Amen. We are fighting to occupy or to walk in everything that has already been won. Our warfare is getting to the place where we're walking in the victory. The devil's already been defeated. Like, don't give him that much. Don't give him that much power. He's already defeated. And I had to come to that realization. How am I fighting? When the battle comes, when the warfare comes, ask yourself, how am I fighting? Am I, am I fighting from a place knowing that I'm already going to win? Or am I, fighting, am I fighting from a place of victory? Like, are you in battle today? Like, who's in battle today? Ask yourself, how are you fighting? How are you fighting? How are you fighting? Am I fighting outside the kingdom? Am I fighting like I don't have a king? Am I fighting like there is no victory in my life? Am I fighting like I don't know who my Lord and Savior is? How are you fighting? Ask yourself, because the warfare will come. Ask yourself. Remember, be like, remember what Olga said that one time when she was wearing that green shirt and she was preaching? She said, ask yourself. Ask yourself, how am I fighting? How am I fighting? Fight knowing that our Heavenly Father already defeated the enemy. Therefore, I've already won. 
I've already won. There is freedom in the kingdom of God. There is freedom. There is liberty. Man, it's so freeing to know this. Don't get bound up by the distractions, the lies. Don't fight needlessly on your own power. Kingdom people fly above things. We fly above. Worldly things don't affect us. We got we to gotta get out of this Sunday church mentality. We got to get out of the Sunday church mentality. That's not kingdom. Coming to church for two, three hours on a Sunday morning and then living your life however which way, you know, Monday through Saturday, that's not kingdom. That's not kingdom. There's, there's keys to the kingdom that you need to possess. There's authority. There's people you need to reach. That's not kingdom. Jesus knew when to engage people and when to not. Okay? And really quick, I'm going to share this and I'm almost done. Um, in Matthew 27, when Jesus was being accused, he came before, they brought him before Pilate, and he was being accused of the charges and they were going to sentence him to crucifixion, murder. Jesus didn't say anything. If you read it, Matthew 27, 11, I don't know if I have it up here, but it says he didn't say anything. When they were asking him, when they were bringing again the charges against him, he didn't say anything. It wasn't until Pilate asked him. Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? See, he knew when to engage and when to not engage. He knew what was kingdom and what was not. When he was being asked, when he was being questioned by the chief priests, the elders, they weren't, they weren't in charge. They, it, that wasn't kingdom. When he was asked by Pilate, the king, when he was asked, are you, are you, are you the king of the Jews? Then Jesus said, and this is so cool, and, and my translation said, he said, you have said. Like, yeah, that's right. You have said it. I am the king. Know when to engage and when not to. In the kingdom of God, we don't engage with things that don't matter, things of this world. We're of this world, we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Know when to engage. We have, we win. We have favor, power, goodness. Last scripture, Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. When you study these scriptures, when you study God's word, when you study about the dominion that he has given you, the power, the authority, uh, that revelation, let it become your lifestyle. Let that revelation be inside of you. Believe it and use it in every situation. And stay busy. Stay busy. People in the kingdom of God, you stay busy doing God's work. Stay busy and talk about hell. Oh my gosh, we don't talk about hell enough. Talk about hell because a lot of people are going there every day. A lot of people are there. I read a statistic in our next sermon series, Shameless Plug, it's going to be about depopulating hell. I read a statistic that says that 333,000 000 people die and go to hell each day. 330 kingdom of God people it's time we start depopulating hell it's time we start telling people about Jesus so that the weird people aren't going hell. it's time for us to to bring people with us to the kingdom of God in the word in, I think it's in Revelation it talks about how not even the worm dies in hell not even the worm so the people who are in hell are dying and are being tortured are being burnt over and over and ever and there's no end to it there's no end to the torture there's no end to that torture. Talk about hell. Talk about hell so people don't go there. Amen? Amen? To the kingdom of God, we are to know who we are in the kingdom of God. How do we live in the kingdom of God and carry the message of the kingdom of God? Amen?
Amen. That's it's God's word. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm done. We're gonna pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to know, meet, see believers, people who proclaim to know Jesus, and they're not distinguished from the people who don't know Jesus. And I pray that's never us. God, don't let that ever be me. Don't ever let me look like the world when I know your kingdom, when I know you. Don't ever let me look like them. I pray the same for you all. I pray, and that's our prayer. That's our prayer for tonight. So I'm just gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And first, we're gonna, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to give your heart to him, to surrender if you want to, because this is still a choice. We're going to pray. I'm just going to ask you just simple prayer. Just repeat after me. We're going to surrender today. We're going to give our heart to God. Or if you feel like, you know what? I feel like I'm far from God today. Like I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I'm not that close. We're going to rededicate our life to Christ today. Amen. So I'm just going to ask everybody to repeat after me. Simple prayer. Father, I come before you. And I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. In need of a savior. So today I ask for you to come into my heart, rule in my life, forgive me of my sins, wash them away, and let me live a new life with you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, 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 is that simple? If you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that you can be saved. Salvation is free. Now I implore you to get to know him, seek after him, his word. Who are you? Who is he? And how do we live this life? So let's pray. I'm just going to pray that God would just speak to us today. Just take a moment and just quiet whatever is uh, distracting you or bothering you. Let's just spend some time with God right now. Father, we come before you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that teaches us, Father. We thank you for the, your principles, your kingdom ways. We, take, we thank you for who you are and who you've called us to be, Father. And that we ask that you teach us, that you guide us, that you direct us, Father, every day of our lives, Lord, so that we look like you in your kingdom, so that we can help others come into your kingdom, Father. Don't let us ever look like the world, Father. Don't let us look like people who don't know you, who don't have a king, Father, who don't have a savior, Lord. Father, I pray that you convict us, that you teach us, that even right now, Father, that you're revealing to us the areas in our lives where we've missed it, the areas of our lives where we've still hung on to our old ways, the old way of doing things, the world's way of doing this, Father, and that you correct us so that we walk in this new culture of the kingdom of God, that we walk in the power and the authority that you've given us, that we are everything that you've called us to be, Father, that we've finished those assignments that you've given us, that we live out our purpose and our callings, Father, that we do everything that you have called us to be, Lord, and to be in your kingdom, Father, and I pray right 
right now that you help us, that you help us every day to be an example of you, to bring others to Christ. Father, open up our mouths, use our hands, our feet, our love, our resources to point others to you, to show others who you are, Father. Help us depopulate hell so that, you know what, today 333,000 people aren't going to hell. There's only, there's a lot less than that going to hell today. Even today, Father God, on this Sunday, I declare that souls are kind of come to know you because of the people standing in this room today because the people standing in this room believe your word and are going to act accordingly father we're going to live in alignment with what your word says father and we're going to be everything you have called us to be we thank you lord for your power holy spirit fill my family fill them to overflow fill them talk to them lead them father god i thank you for new revelation today i thank you that the blinders are coming off the weight has been lifted things are being removed from their lives father you are cutting away our old ways in jesus name in jesus name if you believe that say amen amen you received it say amen we thank you lord in jesus name in jesus name hallelujah